Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It is a Thursday, December 23rd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Six days. I feel like we're counting down again to a season. Six days and the Flyers will return. Of course, they were supposed to play against the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Supposed to play Tuesday against the Washington Capitals, neither of which game is happening or has happened. And the Flyers will be back in action coming up on the 29th in Seattle. First trip out to take on the Seattle Kraken on the road. Of course, the Flyers saw the Seattle Kraken in game number two of the season, a 6-1 win at Wells Fargo Center. But in this episode, with the World Junior Hockey Championships getting ready to begin, we decide to check in with the Flyers assistant general manager, on the players playing in the tournament and some other prospects in the Flyers organization. And he joins us now. It is Brent Flair. Brent, how you doing? Good, good. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a crazy few weeks, but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's an exciting time of year uh, with World Juniors coming up and, and whatnot in the holiday season. So, With all the variables this year, obviously with the pandemic and you guys having the 10-game winless streak, what do you do, Brent, to stay sane? <laughs> oh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been tough. Uh, it's been a grind this year, obviously, dealing with the, the COVID and everything you deal with. Aside from hockey, it's been a challenge. But uh, at the same time, uh, our team has probably fared health-wise better than others uh, in regards to COVID. But again, it's a, it's an everyday process, and you can, you can only do what you can, can control and, and hope for the best. Yeah, that's the thing. It's all about controlling the controllable, and there's so much out of our control. Let, let's talk about, um, you know, you, we were just talking before we started taping that you're watching some uh, some high school games back in Minnesota. High school hockey in Minnesota, for those that don't know, is different than it is here. It's big here, but in Minnesota, it's the be-all, end-all, isn't it? It's huge, yeah. You know, these kids uh, take so much pride in it. Uh, you know, kids that have the opportunity to go play in the USHL and higher leagues, uh, consistently choose to go back to finish their high school and, and try to win the national championship. And if you've ever had the chance to be at the um, the state championships here, sorry, and uh, they play in the XL where the Minnesota Wild play and, and the rink's full, uh, it's a great atmosphere. and uh, It's a cultural event here. It's uh, it's a lot of fun to be to witness, it, that's for sure, and for these kids to play in. It's kind of like high school Friday Night Lights football in Texas, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about some of the players um, that are headed to the World Juniors and a few that are not. But let's start with actually a player that's not in Cam York, who was there last year, won gold in that magical gold medal game against Canada. All the so much stacked against that Team USA with a great Canada roster. I know Cam was out on a COVID protocol and, and missed some games. And obviously things in the AHL have been tenuous like the, a, the NHL. Uh, what have you seen out of Cam so far this year from camp until this moment and how he's progressing? I thought his, his camp was fine. I think it was a feeling out process in the American League. Uh, you know, he's battled a few things, and obviously the COVID hit him and, and uh, lost some weight and strength. But he's he's getting stronger and feeling better every day. And, um, you know, he's playing big minutes and, and learning every day. So I, I think he's on the right path. Brent, what does he need to do to – what part of his game needs to improve for the NHL game for him? Uh, part of it is just physical strength, which will take some time. Uh, but he, he's such a talented kid. Obviously, a lot of the things he, he does well, you, you try to teach others as far as uh, letting the puck do the work and making the easy play and making the right play. And he does that consistently. And there's, you know, there's another level, I think, where he can get to and uh, get up ice and be more uh, engaged. I shouldn't say engaged, but more uh, uh, impactful offensively. And 
and I think that'll come. That's always been part of his game. So, when you look at Cam, how does he fit in the? Is he going to be a power play guy in the NHL? He has that skill and patience, and and doesn't seem like he gets overwhelmed and and tries to play too fast. The game slows down for him a little bit. Is he going to be a power play guy at the NHL level? You think? Yeah, I certainly hope so. That's. Uh... Uh, part of the reason we drafted him, obviously, is his poise, his patience, uh, his ability to handle pressure, uh, tight situations is um, is a big part of his game. And obviously, his mobility, his ability to slide and and find seams and and do the things you need to do as a, a power play guy, he excels at. So, um, you know, he's in the right position right now. He's playing lots, and again, he's you know as he gets stronger, his shot gets harder, and, and things like that. He, um, you know, you're going to see his his game evolve. Brent, we're looking to check one guy off the, the prospect box and move him to NHL legit player, and that would be Morgan Frost. You know, he's dealt with, uh, you know, obviously the pause a couple of years ago. He came back for two games in the 19 or in the 2021 season and didn't play a lot of hockey, came in this year, went out on COVID protocol. Uh, but for Morgan, you know, you look at his game and what he, how gifted he is offensively. And when you look at him right now, how much did, does all that, lack of hockey play into it. You've been at this a long time, whether it's injury or whatever, when a player is not playing much at that age, how much does it affect their growth chart? I, I think it's a significant impact. You know, you watch him and, you know, I thought rookie camp, I thought he was really good and he should be. He's a bit of an older player with his skill set, uh, you know, in the rookie games. And then we got the NHL games. I thought he took a step back and you could clearly tell his timing was off, um, you know, plays that he makes usually easily uh, uh, he was struggling with and it's just more of a timing thing and, and the pacing of playing in the NHL against uh, NHL players so um, I, I for us it was an easy decision to send him down I know he wasn't happy with it some fans may not have been happy with it at the time uh, but I thought going down to play big minutes in, in Lehigh Valley uh, was the right thing for him and and I think he'd agree with it with us at, with our decision at this time too so uh, he's, you know, he still has some young moments in the NHL, but his uh, his skill set, his hands, his vision, uh, his ability to make plays out of nothing um, uh, is a skill set you can't teach. So he has lots of lots of things to improve on. Still, he still has to get stronger and play with a little more pace at times. And there's some things you can get away with in the minors that you can't get away with up here. But again, he has the ability to generate offense, um, and you know, I think his good games have been good and. You know, he's had some moments where he's he looked like a young player still, but that's that's expected. Yeah. Let's talk about Tyson Forster because he now unfortunately falls into this category as well as an injured player. He's going to miss significant time this year. I'm not sure if he's even going to come back. Is is he slated to return this year? I know he uh, it's shoulder. possible. Um, okay. I think he potentially could get back in the, at the later portion of the season. But, yeah, it's a, a really unfortunate uh, injury just dove for a puck on a five on three power play and sublexed his shoulder. So it's uh, honestly, it's, it's just a crazy, crazy time. And uh, unfortunately for him, he misses a season. He misses the world juniors here. And, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's devastating, but he's, he's a student of the game. He watches hockey constantly and, you know, he'll do what he can off the ice and uh, to, to make sure he's still developing. But again, it's, uh, the time he's going to miss is uh, he'll have to make up next year. Brent, is there anything about his game that you saw in since you guys drafted him? They go, oh, that's better than I thought it was. Even you know, heading we knew about the shot and you know the prowess offensively, but is there anything else that kind of jumped out at you? 
Oh, well, two things. One is hockey sense, which I think we were aware of. Uh, everybody mm -hmm. picked up our skating, but he could shoot and, and do things. But the other thing is he's such a competitive kid. Uh, he loves the game. Uh, he's bouncing off the walls every time he comes to the rink, whether it's in practice and, or games. And, and uh, he loves to play. He wants the puck in big moments. Uh, and he wants to be the difference maker. And, and that's uh, not, every, not every player has that. And he certainly does. Uh, let's talk about Igor Zamula. H how do you see his development this year? He cut his teeth, got a couple games last year in the NHL. That can be a big thing for a player heading into the offseason, knowing what it takes to play at the highest level. What have you seen out of Igor? Uh, well, he again, he battled a bit of an injury there, had a late start. But, um, you know, he's another kid that it's just about him getting stronger and putting on a little weight and doing things. Uh, but he plays. He's playing big minutes. His poise, his ability to move pucks is Ability to think the game is is NHL caliber. Now it's just getting him up to speed and being able to handle the rigors of the NHL is is a challenge for us. But uh, again, he, he played a lot of different situations, and he's a guy that Lappy and the staff down there know know what they're getting from him every night. And, and uh, hopefully, it, in time, you'll see him here in the Flyers jersey. Let's talk about the World Juniors. Um, you got a few players uh, in the tournament this year. H how do you look at this tournament? Who's kind of the favorite in, in your opinion? And you know, where's the, where's the real rub going to come here with two teams battling it out for gold? Yeah, I, I, honestly, it's a, I think it's a wide open year. I think the Russians have a strong team. Um, like the U.S., again, is going to be strong. Canada, obviously, playing at home uh, is going to be strong. Finland lost Raddy, uh, which will be a huge hold up the middle for them. But, you know, Finns always come to play and they're competitive. Uh, Sweden, I'll miss a couple guys with Raymond out, but they – they have a quality team as well. So I think it's wide open. I think whenever the tournament's in Canada, I think there's an advantage uh, for the Canadian team just because of the way the fans are there. And, uh, but now 50% of the building is, is going to be empty, which is it's unfortunate for the kids and for the fans. But, uh, uh, no, it's going to be an exciting tournament, I think. And and uh, it's always uh, great to evaluate these players in, in big moments and big tournaments like this. How, how much information based on this particular tournament? Because it's best on best age, you know, appropriate. How, how much can you gain from this? Because it, this is a big measuring stick. And I know, you know, when you're looking at what a player is going to be for the draft or even your own player, that you can gauge a lot from this tournament in particular. Well, it, you have to take a step back and realize it's just one tournament. Uh, mm -hmm. too. So players that play really well or, or maybe have, Poorly doesn't mean they're not good players. It's just a tournament. But at the same time, you, you see these guys play against their peers and in big games like this, it's uh, it's it's a great time to evaluate. And um, but you know, some teams like Canada, a player that's a first line player on the junior team might be a fourth line winger on on this team. And you know, they they're happy to be on this team and they play their role and they play it to the best they can. But you know, they may not produce offensively as much as they normally would if they're in a different role. But those are the things we get to see and, and we understand and the players understand. They're just trying to win a, a gold medal for their country. One of those guys that's going to try and win on his home soil is Elliot Denoye. Um, he, you know, really kind of opened some eyes in training camp for a lot of fans. And he makes Team Canada. He's going to be on that team with Shane Wright and Connor Bedard and Cole Perfetti. going to be a good team. Uh, what are you looking to see out of Denoye in this camp? And are you kind of really impressed kind of with his arc right now? Yeah, no, I think if you ever get the chance to meet with the, you see how he's wired. He's such a competitive kid. Uh, he's so driven to succeed, uh, which is a, allows him to probably overachieve and, and do things. Like he was not handed the, the opportunity to play on this team. He went in there and earned it. And, 
you know, he works so hard and does all the details so well that coaches uh, appreciate that and, and they'll find a role for him. So, um, you know, for him to be able to participate on this team and you know, from where he came from to, to now is a credit to him and, and what he's, you know, what he's done. So I think he's going to be a, you know, a useful player for them. He can play a lot of different roles up and down the lineup, kill penalties, can play in a power play. You can, you can move him up for energy or he can play a fourth line role even. And uh, it'd be a bit of a Swiss army knife, which I'm sure is a value to their coaching staff there. When you look at him, he got the mitts off earlier this season and dropped the gloves. As a guy that goes, okay, I don't know if I want you doing that. <laughs> What'd you think of that? Yeah, you know, I think he that's handled himself. his first fight, but he and he fought his first game back in junior at center ice too. So, um, but no, he's just one of those kids. He'll do whatever he has to do to to make sure he's helping the team. And he thought the team needed a spark, and and he you know decided to do that. So I know that you know he got people's attention and and uh whatever he, you know the kid will block a shot he'll do whatever he has to do to, to help and i think the coach coaches noticed him that's for sure and I, I think the fans did as well let's talk about emil andre uh for sweden you know he's obviously undersized five foot nine not the biggest of bodies but a guy that can join the rush where's he at in his development what do you expect to see with him in this tournament uh, well, he's going to be a, a big piece to team sweden yeah. uh, saw them over there in november at the tournament and um, he, he's a big, uh, he runs a show from the back end there. He, he's such a smart player. He sorts it out so well, uh, as far as moving the puck up ice and, uh, and offensively. So he's a competitive kid. Um, you know, he's shorter, but he's, he's fairly well built already and, and strong. So he's had a very good year in the Allsvenskan. Uh, he's playing big minutes in all situations there. And, uh, really, uh, Sweden as a country, they do a great job with defense and development. He's in a good position there. What about Tumala? Uh, Tumala's he's not going to be on Team Finland there. I know he's yeah. frustrated, but probably the being over here and, uh, for as long as he was, but made a ruffle some feathers there. But he'll get his opportunity next year. He'll be a, a big part of their team next year and we'll go from there. Uh, let, let's talk about a couple of their prospects real quick. I want to hit you on Bobby Brink. He played in last year's World Juniors and uh, for that Team USA. Uh, how's he been? How's his kind of arc of development taking place? Yeah, he's been he's been on a pretty good clip here uh, for a while. So uh, offensively, their their lines rolling pretty good. And, um, you know, again, he's another guy that's competitive, uh, but he has the ability to make plays out of nothing. He loves to score, loves to generate offense. He's always got his nose in there. So I think fans will appreciate that. Uh, I think that going back for this year is beneficial for him. He, you know, obviously he's not the biggest body, but he's going to have to continue to work on his strength and get a step quicker and you know, that'll allow him to get separation and create offense at the next level. So uh, I think he's in a good position and, and hopefully by year's end, he'll, he'll be with the Flyers organization. He He's a grimy player, isn't he? He's a greasy player. You, yeah. You hear that word. Um, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always got his nose in there. He's always in the blue paint. He's always conveniently running. Plays a lot of kids can't. Uh, let one more for you. One more player that I want to ask you about is Jay O'Brien. He's almost like a forgotten first rounder by a lot mm -hmm. of people. But what have you seen out of Jay? Well, unfortunately, Jay's been injured. Uh, I tried to go see him live a couple times this year. And, uh, it's, it's been a real tough year for him uh, injury wise again. So uh, hopefully he'll get back here uh, shortly and, and, uh, and get going. I know that their team needs him desperately to. They're a little offensively starved right now, so uh, 
be able to better answer that question a little bit later in the year, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, when do you start looking at this year's draft? I mean, I know you're looking at it already and you're scouting it, but yeah, when do no, things I've, get heavy there? Yeah, no, I've been uh, I've mostly on the pro side here for the first half. I saw the amateur tournament uh, over in Europe and, and saw the top Europeans there. So uh, there's some good players over there. Um, it's a bit of a funny draft. There's obviously uh, not as quite as deep in Canada as usual, this group. Uh, but the U.S. team is strong, the U.S. development program. Um, they could have anywhere six to eight first rounders uh, and some quality players. So we'll get it sorted out. Our amateur guys are they're on they're out there. Uh, they're working extra hard just in case there's a potential shutdown. So they're everywhere. Oof, yeah. um, and we've got everything identified. And, and then uh, once we get through this stretch here and I'll be on the road and, and uh, catching all these guys as, as best as I can. So Brent, last thing for you in the last like 10 years, What's the biggest difference in draft eligible players? Are they just more polished and skilled and almost professional in a way, like used to handling media and and savvy in that regard over the last ten years? Is that the biggest difference? Uh, well, I think so. I, I do think um, there's some good and bad of it. Actually, there's a lot of these kids have trainers since they're very young. They have skill coaches since they're young age. They have all these things that help them. And, in some cases, that's good. In some cases, you still got to, you know, go in the backyard and learn to play the game. Um, so you see these maybe sometimes kids that are overcoached skill-wise and, and they can do different things in warm-up. You get them in games and, and it doesn't seem to translate in all the cases. But, no, I, I think you're right, though, that these kids are more much – I don't know if maturity is the right word, but they're more focused. They have, uh, you know, they have skating coaches. They have all these things that are – you know, so they're physically more advanced coming into uh, junior hockey and compared to 10 years ago. Um, I think they're more aware of whether it's social media or whatever, handling, um, you know, some of the social situations and they're a little bit more aware. Uh, but no, it's uh, some of the opportunity these kids have to, to play in the gyms and the hockey specific training and all these things that uh, we never had as kids. We just went to the gym and the bench press and squats and whatever we had to do back then we thought we we're doing the right thing but everything's so much more advanced now and uh, it obviously translates to bigger faster players and the skills and games just keep getting better and better yeah it's it's incredible now that the skills coaches at like squirt age and you know starting out and sometimes you just need to go play hockey and i, I agree i i still think the value of playing being on the backyard rink is the best place to learn to play sometimes you just got to go play hockey and and be out there and, and riffing and play on instinct, right? Yeah, no, I think it's, I think that's one of the biggest things you lose. I think the kids that play in the backyard rinks all day, uh, learn to play small area games and you learn that those skills are, uh, those are really the ones uh, that really help you as a player, uh, being able to make plays out of nothing and be able to uh, control the puck, protect the puck and, and traffic and, and things like that. And, um, you can you can tell the kids that come come from those environments. They may not be the best skater, but they know how to play and they know how to think and quickly and uh, read the play. And um, you know those are things you you can't teach. Absolutely, Brent. I want you to have a great holiday. Thanks for doing this. Uh, enjoy the tournament. Enjoy that Minnesota high school hockey as well. Uh, you and your family have a great holiday, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. Thanks to Brent Flair for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Another brand new one coming up tomorrow, a Christmas Eve edition of Flyers Daily on Friday. So everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you on a brand new Flyers Daily tomorrow.